You are now listening to Chakras and Shotguns. Welcome back to Chakras and Shotguns, episode 33. I'm Mick. And I'm Jen. Welcome back. So how are you doing today? On this very, uh, very cold day. Ooh, Lord. <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, hopefully we will be through a little Texas ice storm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it will be way less dramatic than it was. Dramatic, traumatic. Than what we dealt with last year. So. Yeah, our governor has not done anything since. Not a damn thing. Last year's ice storm. So we're hoping that Mother Nature takes it a little bit easy on us. Okay. This go around. Let me mama. (laughs) (laughs) But y'all know we prepared. So um, it's more so for folks who maybe aren't as prepared that we want our community to make it through this. Uh, storm much better than it was yeah um we are literally recording right before we need to go pick up our kids like school shutting down tomorrow Mm -hmm. i went to the grocery store yesterday first of all let's talk about how groceries like the groceries are too damn high like they're expensive (laughs) what is happening like I will go to the grocery store and not even buy meat like i might be there to buy veggies for the baby you know, pick up some of her almond milk, a few other things, not even have meat or wine. And I'll spend $100. Like, what happened? Groceries are expensive. I, I am, like, really feeling that. Mm-hmm. But I was also, like, I had a big girl cart. Like, our grocery store has, like, you know, the little baskets, the little mini carts, and then the big girl cart. I had the big girl cart. And I was filling that thing up just in case. Mm-hmm. And people were in there getting, like, one frozen pizza and three oranges. And I was like, are you okay? Are you going to be all right? Clearly, you are not a Shockers and Shotguns listener. I mean, with these prices, maybe that's all they can afford. (sighs) You know, that is true. That's fair. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think I'm good. We can go ahead and jump into the breath work. All right. Let's get into it. All right. So for today's breath work, I really wanted to... Focus on gratitude. And so I want everyone to take a few seconds and I want you to pick three things that you're grateful for. You can take out a pen and pad and write them down or just keep a mental note. I'm going to utilize those three things as a part of our breath work. So I'll give you a few moments to either think about those or write those down. All right. Hopefully you have that, those three things. We're going to take some nice deep breaths. And I want you to close your eyes and visualize the first thing that you're grateful for. If it's something that's not tangible, like good health, I want you to just visualize your body and feel the health in each of your cells. So we'll take four nice deep breaths while we think about that first thing that you're grateful for. Let's inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. This last breath, really feel and express that gratitude for that first thing. So inhale. And 
and exhale. Now move to your second. Now move to your second thing that you're grateful for. We're going to do the same thing. Four breaths. And really just experience that energy of gratitude. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. Last one. Inhale. And exhale. Now move to that third thing on your list. Get a good picture of it in your mind's eye. And really express your gratitude. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. Last one. Inhale. And exhale. Now I want everyone to verbally say out loud, thank you, and express gratitude for those amazing blessings that you have in your life. Thank you. I am grateful for my family and our home and my health. Awesome. Yeah, I think just with this impending storm, everyone is kind of freaking out and in this fear mentality. Mm-hmm. So I just like to reset. No matter what you're going through, there's something that you can find to be grateful for. Yeah. That's a good way to reframe that. Because I think there's also a lot of unresolved trauma in Texas from the year before. I think it was a very traumatic event for a lot of people. I mean, yeah. Getting into that gratitude state kind of resets, brings you into the present. Yeah. So, awesome. All right. Ready to get into our main topic? Our main topic. So we're continuing our series on human design today and diving a little bit deeper into the system, specifically authority. And we ain't talking about the popo. (laughs) If you haven't listened to episode 31 and 32 yet, we definitely recommend that you start there because we're building on where we left off. Yes. And if you haven't already done so, go and run your human design birth chart. You can find that for free on either geneticmatrix.com or mybodygraph.com. Remember that you do need your birth date and a precise birth time to get that chart. So authority, let's get into it. In the human design system, authority determines how you can best navigate making decisions. It's a really interesting concept, I think, because in Western society, you think your way through each decision, but that's not always the case in human design. What makes the most financial sense? Will I be happy? Is this the right time? Let's make a pros and cons list. Like, I think those are the ways that we typically approach problems and how to pick the right job or the right boyfriend or the right car. It's like, oh, well, let me compare and contrast and, I don't know, do all those little exercises we used to do in grade school for them state-run tests. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to the TOS test. Mm Mm-hmm. Texas gang gang, (laughs) you know. So you can go on and on and on and on and swirl around in your head, but human design says that that's not always the best way for you to make your decisions. And it really depends on your specific human design. Yes, indeed. 
So in our first human design episode, episode 31, we went through each of the five energy types that are in human design. And those, as a reminder, are manifester, generator, manifesting generator, projector, and reflector. We also talked about how each of those energy types has a strategy that they're to use when they are engaging with the world or starting a project or starting a relationship and on and on and on. Just to kind of recap those, for the manifester, the strategy is to inform on what they're initiating. And that is all about, I am, therefore I do. For the generator, that strategy is to respond. And that is all about, I respond and then I do. For the manifesting generator, their strategy is to wait to respond. So that's, I respond and wait for my moment of truth, then I do. For the projector, their strategy is to wait for the invitation. And that translates to, I am recognized, invited, and available, then I do. And lastly, for the reflector, their strategy is to wait for a full lunar cycle. And that translates to, I am called, I reflect, then I do. To put it all together, we've got the strategy down, but you're asking yourself, your generator, I'm responding to what exactly? And a manifester shouldn't initiate everything that pops into their head. Generators and manifesting generators shouldn't respond to everything. Every invitation isn't for a projector to act on, even if they've been waiting ever so patiently. And for the reflectors who have spent the 28 days waiting, how do they make the right decision? So for each person, their individual authority guides how to end up coming to the right conclusion for themselves. So how do you find your authority? Well, if you use the websites that we mentioned to pull your human design chart, they'll just tell you what your authority is. Technically, your authority is dictated by your energy centers, but it can be complicated how you get there. Some of the authorities say if you have this combination of undefined and this combination of defined, that's how you get to your authority. And so we don't want to go into all of that. We want to kind of keep things simple and we'll just tell you to go by what the website that you choose tells you. One clarification we want to make before we get into each of these. This doesn't mean that you can't be spontaneous or that you have to run what you're having for lunch through your individual authority. You can, but you don't have to. And so for some, it may be more helpful to think of using these as tools for the big decisions, a new job, a new business, getting married, buying a house, moving cities, like really big life shifts. But you could run through, like, do I want pizza or a burger today? I mean, if you're a reflector, you don't want to wait 28 days to figure out your meal. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. Cool. Well, let's go through each of the authorities. We will start first with emotional authority. Now, this one's actually pretty straightforward. The other authorities do get a little more complicated. Um, so I'll say for emotional authority, it's really about if your solar plexus is defined. And so if you have that defined solar plexus, that is what qualifies you as having emotional authority. And remember, when you're looking at your chart, you can tell which energy centers are defined if they're colored in. Exactly. So about 50% of the population have that defined solar plexus and thus have the emotional authority. As the name suggests, this authority is all about listening to your emotions. However, to truly make the best decision, you need to take your time. This is all about being patient. You don't want to make rash decisions whenever you're in an emotional high or low. You want to ride your emotional wave, let it settle, and then proceed when you're the most clear-headed. So this is really a tough one sometimes because you have to ride that wave. And you need to be good at recognizing your emotions as they come up and don't get sucked in so that you can really find clarity. Uh, and, and, you know, it really helps sometimes, I think, for emotional authority folks to sleep on it. 
the moment when someone with uh, an emotional authority feels like a particular path makes sense logically, but they don't really feel all the way good about it. They may still feel a little bit weird. It's best if they just wait until they get that clarity. Some celebrities that have emotional authority, Aaliyah, Rihanna, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump. That's interesting. (laughs) The Donald Trump one is interesting. I feel like, well, we know he doesn't make the best decisions. And he seems very, I don't want to sound like I'm judging, but he seems emotionally erratic. Like he seems like he makes decisions like, that sounds like an amazing idea. Go do that. And or like, that sounds like a terrible idea. I don't want to do that. And it's he's not really finding that neutrality. I've never been in his presence, so I don't know if this is the case. But I would think just based on observation that he's not waiting. No. For that wave, like he's just like if he's in a high, if he's in a low, he's just pulling the trigger. Mm. And so that that's why it comes off as erratic, because it's like one decision was made on an emotional high. Another one was on emotional low. And you're just like, where is he going? I think for this one, what's also tricky about emotional authority, too, is that so let's say someone's like, let's go to Aruba. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that sounds amazing. But you know that you have to find this neutrality. But you're super excited about Aruba. You might second guess yourself. Like, is that the right decision? Should I should I do that? Or even on the flip side, like, hey, let's, you know, I don't know, go to Pinkberry. You're like, that sounds disgusting. But like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a great example, but like something that you're just like, ugh, no, I don't want to do that. But you're emotionally kind of on a low anyway. So you're like, it, nothing sounds great. Yeah. So like trying to find that neutrality when you've kind of already made a decision, you might second guess like what is true. And I think for that authority, you have to like really be very self-aware as to like what's really true for you, how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Are you up? Are you down? Like, where are you really on your scale? I think journaling would probably help, too, especially if you're trying to to make a really big decision. Just like, how are you feeling that day? Mm-hmm. And like really getting crystal clear on like where you are on your on your wave. Yeah, I would say it's key to acknowledge where you were emotionally before the option was presented to you, mm. because then you can be able you can decide if it was the emotional state that you were in that led to that reaction or that response, that initial response, or if you know, you were clear-headed, so. Next up, sacral authority. Again, as the name suggests, this authority is all about listening to your sacral energy center. We touched on this one a little bit in the last episode. It's that hell yeah, hell no. Well, I mean, I think the G version is like, uh-huh and uh-uh. <laughs> like, do you want to do this? Uh-uh. Then that's like your sacral authority speaking of. I like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell no. Nah. Like, that's like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Hell no. You know? Mm -hmm. Anyways, this one's for the generators and the manifesting generators. They are the only ones with sacral authority. This authority is all about following your gut. And it can give you the sensation of being drawn in or repelled by something. There is guidance out there that you should use your sacral authority for everything. But I could see someone saying, "Uh uh-uh, to changing their child's blowout diaper that's how i when i was thinking about it i was like and this is something you and i have actually talked about a little bit it's like sacral authority to me is like you shouldn't do anything that you don't want to do anything that's like uh -uh, i don't want to do that it's like well then you shouldn't do it you know there's but there's a lot i don't have sacral authority but for me there's a lot of things i say uh uh-uh to but i still have to do yeah Like, the kid has blown out their diaper up their back and the front. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. But, you know, that's my kid. (laughs) (laughs) What you gonna do? (laughs) Maybe that's my own conditioning from having to do things that I didn't always want to do. Maybe it's a limiting belief. But definitely apply your sacral authority to the big decisions and think on when you made a big decision and you felt like your body was saying, "Uh uh-uh. And how did that work out for you? It also, I think in work situations, especially for generators, they could get assigned a project at work and they're just like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't think so. But they 
they're they can work really really hard and so they'll work on it and they'll probably do a really great job and they'll finish it to completion but they don't get any energy from that and it's because they're not necessarily listening to their authority so some celebrities with sacral authority beyonce which i feel like you see that with her like she seems very crystal clear especially since she started doing her own thing with parkwood and like you know moved on from her dad managing her i feel like she comes off very like uh uh-uh, uh i don't want to do that and she doesn't do anything she doesn't want to do kareem abdul jabbar and charles barkley charles barkley also gives me this is going to sound bad but he gives me like what you see is what you get and he's very crystal clear on like who he is mm-hmm. and like nah i don't want to do that I mean, am I misreading it? No, I think you're right. What's, what's their show? Is it Inside? Inside the NBA. Look at me knowing something about sports. <laughs> but that's how that's how I read Charles. Gotcha. So I do have sacral authority, and I think some of the things you mentioned are very true. Um, I've struggled with having to do things that I don't want to do, you know, that just are required, particularly when it comes to, like, work. <laughs> I just feel like, in a lot of the larger organizations I've been a part of, there have been big parts of my responsibility where I'm just like, I don't want to do this. And like every ounce of my being was just like dreading. Like we had to do this thing at one company every Monday. We had to pull some data and figure out like what the sales of our product were like in the last week or whatever. And I hated it. I had to do it every Monday and put it in this format and send it out to all these people and it was, it was the worst thing that you could possibly ask me to do. My sacral was just like, dude. And I would procrastinate and procrastinate, <laughs> wait till the last minute to send it out every time. Then I got promoted. And, and it was not necessarily in the responsibility of the next level that I got promoted to, but mm-hmm. there was nobody in the, the lower role up underneath me. So I still had to do it. Oh. And so, yeah, that was, that was rough for me. That was rough for me. Mm. Um, I also think about college. When I was making my college like choices, like I got accepted to a few schools and I was kind of almost like being recruited, but like it was academics. I wasn't like playing sports or anything. So like, you know, they, they'd say, oh, well, we'll fly you out for this like admitted students weekend. You can check out the school and like decide, you know, if you want to go there or not. And so one school in particular, they were, after me i mean they loved me they made they had made a whole relationship with my mom my mom still talks about that particular dean at that school they flew me out three times to that campus <laughs> and my sacral was just like nah like i, I wanted to like it you know what i mean yeah. i wanted to like they were, they were throwing scholarship money at me they had just built a new dorm and they were like we'll make sure you get to stay in the new dorm like they was like going hard and mm-hmm. i was just like nah like i just that circle of response was And I was trying to make my sacral like it, but it was Mm -hmm. like, no. And then I ended up visiting the school that I ultimately chose. And right away, I was like, oh, yeah, Yeah. this is it. This is it. And thankfully, I I chose that that school. Was the school that you chose, were you like, was that your number one? No, actually. So my number one school, I'll say it was Duke. Mm -hmm. Didn't go to Duke. uh, But that was my number one school. And... They didn't even fly me out. You didn't get flewed out? I didn't get flewed out to do. <laughs> I was like, really? All right. But yeah, the school I ended up going to, it wasn't even like my number one. But where was where did the school fall that you that you went to three times? It was the it was probably like mid mid pack. I think I applied. Okay. Yeah, it was like middle of the pack. I, I probably got accepted to like seven schools. It was probably like in the middle. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I'm asking is because you're a manifesting generator. Yeah. You know, you have to dip your toe into the water. Yeah. And so, and that's how you really mm-hmm. respond. Mm-hmm. And that's where your sacral authority really kicks in for you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you were like really dipping your toe. It was just like, Mm-mm. nah. Like the school you went to, which you just loved, it wasn't even like your top pick. So it's like your sacral authority wasn't like, hell yeah, I want to yeah. go there. It wasn't until you got on campus and you like felt yourself there and you were just like, yes. Yep. So that's sacral authority in my life. Mick's also been really good for me in our relationship because he's the king of being like, 
well, what's wrong? Like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to this thing. Well, then don't go. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to. Why? Why do you have to? Well, I said, well, just tell him. I mean, what's wrong? I'm like, well, I don't really feel it. Well, you don't feel well. Then don't go. He's not telling me to lie. But I'm like, I'm not really feeling good. Or like, maybe like, I don't know. I'm a little down in the dumps that day. He's like, then don't go. Or I'll say, blame me. Yes. I will take the the mantle of that. Yeah, he will. <laughs> but I think also, you know, and we kind of talked about this in the last episode. Like, I'm not, a, I don't have a defined sake role. So, like, I don't know when enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And so I would have pushed myself to go into certain situations, even if I wasn't really feeling it. And Mick, with his defined sake role, his sacral authority was like, nah. You can also talk about how, like, when we were pre-kids, we'd go out to the club, right? Ooh. And we'd be I at the club, dancing, having a good time. And I would hit, it was like, it'd be like Cinderella. Like when, this, when the clock struck midnight and like her whole like situation changed, that's how my energy would hit. Like Baby. it would hit. And I don't know what time it'd be. It could be two, it could be three, it could be one thirty, whatever. But when that moment hits, I'm like, yo, I'm ready to go. And, and Gina's like, what? What happened? <laughs> it used to drive me crazy. We're a little bit more aligned now because we got kids and we both tired. <laughs> but like we would be out and Mick would be so excited and we're like visiting friends. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the best night ever. And we're having so much fun. We're having cocktails and everything's great. And we're dancing. And all of a sudden, oh, have you seen those Taco Bell commercials where it's like very abrupt? And like they hear that Taco Bell sound, they just dip. Yes. That's Mick. That's Mick at the club. It's like, bang. He's like, let's go. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is, this doesn't really have anything to do with human design. It's like, Mick will be like, let's go. And then, like, everybody leaves. Like, why is everybody else leaving? It's because my sacral is connected to my throat. Mm. Mm. That's that next level human design. We ain't got there yet. We'll talk about it. You know what? Put your head down. You're on timeout. <laughs> Moving on to the heart or ego authority. This one is one of the more complicated authorities that we kind of mentioned before. So it's like based on a combination of some undefined and defined centers. So, you know, just look at what the website spits out on this one. Uh, This authority is only seen in manifestors and projectors. It's actually pretty simple, though, in how it shows up. You pretty much just have to ask yourself, what do I want? And that's it. So we talked in the last episode about how people with a defined heart center can make shit happen. If you have heart authority, a part of your human design chart is going to be that you have a defined heart center. So you have this power of being able to make shit happen. And so, yeah, you just ask yourself what you want. The heart part comes when you're interacting with other people. Some people may not like that you're basing decisions off what you want. It could come off as selfish. But it's really what you're meant to do here. Using your heart authority to make decisions doesn't really mean that you're not thinking of others. You just shouldn't do things that your heart isn't in. And so you really have to honor that about yourself and make really big, important decisions without accommodating others. Mm. Some celebrities that have this heart or ego authority are Kyle Richards. I don't know who that is, but Jen knows <laughs> who that is from Real Housewives. Wow. Uh, John Madden. I know I know that guy. And Hugh Laurie, who was Dr. House. Why'd you play me with Kyle Richards? I've explained to you who Kyle Richards is 51 times. You're going to have to do it 511 in one time. Kyle Richards' sister is Kathy Hilton. How am I supposed to remember her family tree when I see her name? <laughs> I'm about to do the family magic guy from Encanto <laughs> over here. Okay. <laughs> we got to talk about that in a future episode, by the way. But. Kathy Hilton is the mother of Paris Hilton. Okay, I I, I got that part. At all. But you her know, this lady's name is not Hilton. So how am I supposed to see that name and know that she part of the family Hilton? Anyway. Anyway, indeed. Anything to say about the heart or ego authority, my dear? Man, I think the heart, the ego authority is cool. You're just like, okay, I'm looking at this Tesla. I'm looking at this minivan. 
fuck that minivan. I want the Tesla. I think that's cool. Or maybe you really want the minivan. I don't know. But that is so cool. I just thought about that Michael Jordan meme. Fuck them kids. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Well, you know, that's a good point because this was another one that I thought about. When I think about the things that we have to do or the things we have to, or the people we have to think about that aren't ourselves. So like the sacral authority, I don't feel like changing my kid's diaper. The ego authority is like, I need to be able to drive my five kids around, but the Tesla though. And like, I don't have room for no, all them kids, but I want that Tesla and I don't want that minivan. Like, you know, navigating through that. I just think about that as like a parent where being a parent can be self-sacrificing. And so Mm -hmm. for some of these authority types, how do you navigate that Mm -hmm. with or without a partner? If like the decision that you make using your authority comes at somebody else's detriment. I think this will be a very interesting dynamic to see like a person a parent with ego authority and how that all works What the other authority, if they're, I mean, if they're partnered or if they have a co-parent, like how that works, like that's fascinating to me. But at the same time, I think it's, it. I feel like now some people struggle with this and I think that's because they need to do this, some healing work on just being able to express what they want. But I think there's something so pure of being like, you know, what do you want? And getting out of your head of like, well, I should do this. I should take this job because it makes more money and there's upward mobility there. But they want me to like work a lot of hours, but I should take that job. But really, it's like, no, I want the job at the startup because it sounds really freaking cool. Like, I think that there is something really beautiful about that and being able to be like, I want that and I want that for me. And owning that, I like it. Now, let's get into my authority, the splenic authority. comes from the spleen. Remember, the spleen center is one of the more mysterious energy centers, and it's all about instinct and intuition. So for those with splenic authority, this one, in my opinion, is hard. When I first heard about human design, Clubhouse had just kicked off too. So I was in all the little human design rooms And I was asking anybody who was having a room, I was getting on stage like, y'all, I got splenic authority. What the hell do I do now? (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, you just have to feel through it. And like, it's a muscle. And I was like, what? (laughs) I think it's like one of the harder ones to like really conceptualize and like really give someone a roadmap on how to use, in my opinion. No, I was in some of those rooms with you and it sounded like they were just blowing smoke up your ass. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. But I think the reason why they couldn't really articulate it is I I find the splitting authority to be very personal. I think it's all about going within, connecting with your own intuition, seeing how that manifests to you. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that work in your body and how do things come up little? And it's so people will describe the splitting authority as like little whispers, Mm -hmm. like you're driving home. There's like maybe two different routes you could take home. And you're about to take one route and something tells you, go this way. And you're like, but why would I go that way? What's And you're not going to hear it again. It's not going to be like, hey, I said go this way. It's, it's just like, that was it. Just that one time. And you just have to trust it. And it's like, it's like your gut, but not really. It's the sixth sense kind of that I think for some people who maybe you're just kind of getting into this space, it's a little hard to start wrapping your arms around mm-hmm. and it requires a ton of trust, mm-hmm. which is something that I'm kind of going through on my own right now. It's just like really leaning into my intuition and trusting myself because your mind is going to be like, but girl, why are you going to go that way? You know that way always got traffic. <laughs> you should just go the way that you know. You don't like making on them left turns anyway. So just go, but it's like something told me. And then on the back end, you're like, man, something told me to go, not to go this way. Mm-hmm. This thing's backed up. I've been in traffic for 45 minutes. And so it's like leaning into that, leaning into that energy. So I've heard people talk about working this authority like a muscle. Like you really have to practice. I think meditation is good. Um, tuning things out is really good for me too. Cause I'm a person that's like, I can be pretty talkative, which I guess is good since we have a podcast. 
I can mm-hmm. I like to listen to music all the time. When the kids are home, there's a lot of noise. Um and I used to think it was because I was the only child that I was like, oh my gosh, it's so loud. But maybe I have to turn that down so I can like really key in on like, you know, on silence and like the things that are coming up and as they bubble up, like, okay, what was that? How did I feel? Mm-hmm. How did wh- what did that make me feel when that came up? Mm-hmm. That thought or that instruction even. Mm-hmm. All of that said, it makes a lot of sense that this one you have to really, really practice because we're a culture of thinkers and we think through every decision. Yeah. So you'll be like, oh, that was just a random thought. So some celebrities with splenic authority, Kanye, Whoopi Goldberg, Gail King, and Hitler has splenic authority. Mm. Ew. It's a little gross that Whoopi and Hitler are in this list and Whoopi just got in trouble. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the Holocaust. She just got in trouble about that. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, we but I feel like Kanye, Kanye, I feel like from the outside looking in, he's a projector, but he's a splenic projector. Interesting. I think from the outside looking in, this makes a lot of sense, though, because like he comes up with shit and we're just like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, how did you? And I feel like he, especially probably when he's off his meds. Yeah. It's like those little... Now, sometimes his impulses are not good impulses, (laughs) okay? But, like, just... I think just from a creativity standpoint, besides that one lyric... I can't stand that. that, Life of Pablo. Yeah, how you messed up uh, Father Stretch My Hands. (sighs) Anyways, production quality. You know, maybe his choices in musical instruments that he puts in his instrumentals. I can respect that. And, you know, maybe it's like, you know, put some more horns right here. So I think being married to someone who has the splenic authority, I've gotten to know it a little bit more, right? What freaks me out and gives me anxiety about the splenic authority <laughs> is that it only like speaks once. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh shit, did you miss it? Like, did you hear it? Turn it down. Yeah. Turn that music down. Turn it off. Yeah. What did it say? So it freaks me out because my circle is like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Like, you'll keep going like uh-huh. a broken record. I told you. And so, like, I, I can not be paying attention and it'll pop back up. But yeah. the splenic thing is like, you get one shot. Yeah. I, I've i been wanting to get into real estate for a while. And I've been looking at houses that I wanted to flip with a with a business partner of mine. And I saw this listing and this house was rough and raggedy. And it was like, buy it. And I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, well, well. And I was trying to logic my way through it. I was trying to feel my way through it. I meditated on it. And I was like, show me a sign. And they were like, girl, here. And I was like, well. mm." And the feeling never came back. Like the feeling of like, you're going to buy this house, buy this house. It never came back. And so I just had to lean into it and buy it. And when I tell you that house was rough and raggedy, but it's beautiful now. <laughs> We're gonna list it soon. I'm very excited. Um, but I never regretted it. After I after I really lean into it and like really trusted what I was doing, because I think for me, is even though it only said it once, I hadn't had that feeling on any other house. Yeah. And I had been looking at listings for months. So when that feeling hit me, I said, okay, we're just going to lean into this and we'll see what happens. So that was, um, it's leaps of faith. That's what I think Splenic Authority requires. It's like these huge leaps of faith. And Lord have mercy. Hopefully I don't stress my husband out. (laughs) Yeah, you showed me that house and I was like, you sure? That's what it said? (laughs) You heard it clear? All right. (laughs) My mom said all of my names, maiden, middle, married. She said, why did you? I was like, just trust me. She came back after it was renovated. She was like, okay. Mm-hmm, all right. mm-hmm. I think that's why I have to inform too. It's like, I'm getting these whispers. And as a manifester, I'm initiating this project. Like something told me to initiate this project. And people might not get it. And it's like, wait, what? This doesn't make logical sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, something told me to do it. Yeah. And so that's why I have to inform and say like, I'm doing this project and it's going to be great. And do you want to be on board or not? And immediately, like, it was, like, super smooth, like, finding people who wanted to be a part of the project. And it went went really well. Moving on to self-authority, 
or self-projected authority, this one is tied to the throat and the G-center. Remember, the centers that are connected to your throat lead to what gets verbally expressed. So for people with self-projected authority, your throat and how you communicate is essential to your decision making. Only projectors can have this authority. And it's another tricky one when it comes to like the centers being defined and undefined. So again, just check out what the website spits out to tell you if this is your authority. This one is really all about inner knowing. You just know that this is the right house to buy. You know that that person is the wrong one for you to date. You'll say things like, I just know it and I can't explain it. I just know. Some say that they can best feel this intuition right in the middle of their ribcage, like in their core. Oftentimes, people with this authority need to talk through things and listen to themselves as they talk. And that's how they can really get to that inner knowing. It's an authority similar to the splenic authority that needs some exercising and strengthening to like really, you know, get it to a place where you feel good about it. Sometimes, you know, your emotions or your thoughts can kind of overwhelm your authority. And so it's best to, again, talk it out and just really be authentic in that communication of it. Some celebrities who have the self-projected authority, they are Chris Brown, Hulk Hogan, and Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, I think this one, because it's like this inner knowing that you can't really explain, that also gives me like, it sounds a little splenic, yeah. like a little intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that they have to talk through things, like talk out loud. And so one of the things I saw about this authority is like, if you're a liar, <laughs> that's a problem. Like you want to be genuine. Got it. As you're expressing yourself so you can really get to like the truth of what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So don't be a lying ass liar. Um, and if you're like a person that clams up or you get withdrawn, that's going to hinder you being able to make the best decisions. And like, you're trying to get into alignment. You're trying to get into, they're only projectors. So you're trying to get to, um, recognition and success. Like that's your self theme. That's where you're trying to go. So, you know, you don't want to hinder yourself. So you have to speak up. Got it. We've made our way now through five of the six authorities. All five are inner authorities, meaning the authority comes from within. The last authority comes from the outside and is an outer authority. Some projectors and all reflectors have this authority. For the projectors that are in this very special category, they're called mental projectors. And for the reflectors, it's just you have outer authority. Where the inner authorities where we were talking about how we're a culture of thinkers and we're always thinking through things and we need to go within and really connect within and ourselves. This group actually needs to go outside like and not like touch grass, but like they need to they need to consult like it's a very consultative type of authority. They need to do research. They need to ask questions. They need to find experts um, so for them, it's like basically they have to do their Googles. It's really, really interesting that we spend so much time telling everyone else to like block what everybody's saying and others' opinions and being introspective. But the outer authority, you look into the world to find your answers. So for the reflector, where we were saying you wait 28 days, you do this whole lunar cycle, you're not just supposed to be like, you know, playing the final Jeopardy thing song in your <laughs> head, like do 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 do. No, you're supposed to be doing your research. Like, what are you really about to do? Like, thinking through it, logicing yourself through it, um, weighing the odds, the pros and cons, and it can be um, taxing. But this is how you're supposed to really get to your most authentic decision for yourself. For the mental projectors, you're waiting for your invitation. Maybe you don't have to take 28 days, but when you do get an invitation to do something or to or you're being recognized to show up somehow, you should really think your way through it before you say yes or no. And so that's how you're going to be 
best able to get to what you're supposed to be doing. I think in this case, it would be perfectly fine to seek outside advice from those that you trust. So you still want to watch out for conditioning, though, because both of these energy types, mental projectors and and all reflectors, remember, you have a lot of undefined centers for reflectors. You're completely undefined. So you can be really subject to conditioning. And so you also have to hone in on what is not yours because you can be taking on someone else's emotions and thoughts. And like, you're really trying to get to the facts of how you should go about things. Some celebrities with outer authority, I found more reflector celebrities, y'all. Remember, reflectors are only 1% of the population. So like for some of them to be famous, it's like five people. (laughs) So Bob Craft, who does Bob Craft own again? I forgot. The Patriots. The Patriots. And it's Black History Month. I guess we let him in. Clarence Thomas. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. Clarence Thomas. I mean, Sandra Bullock's still in there. Still in there Shout so. out to Miss Congeniality. <laughs> um, my brother, I've mentioned this before, he's a reflector. And so when you were talking about, like, consultative approach, he is often coming to me, like, to ask me about this resume or job opportunity that he's interested in or, like, moving to diff- different cities so that's dope you know mm. it's like he's living his design i thought it was just because you know i'm older Big brother yeah i'm just older and he, i'm like oh he's trying to save himself some you know mistakes i like started thinking about like how this plays out in relationships it's like oh my gosh every decision you gotta do your research you gotta ask this person ask that person why can't we just make a decision so you know Knowing your design, especially in knowing like your partner's design, I feel Mm. like is huge because these things that irk you, I feel like you're more accepting like that's part of their design. And so this is their process. And I don't necessarily need to understand it or see where it came from or why are you like this? It's like literally written in the stars that this is how you're going to make decisions. I see an interesting episode talking about like pairings of energy types. Ooh. Like who rocks with a, a reflector that, you know, needs to make decisions based on that longer timeline. You know, who's who are they best paired with? Are two reflectors better together? Because they're both like kind of rolling. We ain't got to get into it right now. I'm saying. Future, I know. Future episode. That's interesting. I think it'll be an interesting exercise. I will say there are schools of thought out there that say that we are all designed to work together. And this is why we should all know about each other. And we should all find the best ways to be together. Because I said what I said. I said what I said. It's like you're blowing smoke up my ass now. Anyway. (laughs) So I know that was a lot to get through. And we're still only scratching the surface of human design. Last episode, though, we asked for someone to send in their birth information. And we were going to have Jen, our human design professor. What do we call you? (laughs) Human design master? uh, Master? No, we're always striving to mastery, never reaching. I am the resident human design enthusiast. I feel like you're not giving yourself enough credit. You think I'm selling myself short? We'll go with enthusiast. Okay. If you want to be enthusiast, I'm not going to. No, I'll be the resident human design reader. I'll just lean into it. What's your spleen say? My spleen say, you know what you're doing, so stop. So here I am. All right. So Jen's going to do a reading based on a chart that we received from one of our listeners. Thank you, Victoria, for sending us your information. So let's get into it. We'll um, also post like her chart maybe on our Instagram mm-hmm. stories. So okay. we can, like or on a post so people can see it and like follow along. So let's get into it. She is an emotional projector. So fun fact about human design, a little history lesson, even though it was discovered in 1987, the best year ever, um, (laughs) and it's like relatively new, it's still possible to go look at super old dead people's charts because it's based on transits and astrology, like that's a big component of it. So when we were looking 
back through the years, I say we, I mean like Ra-Uruhu, I didn't do this research, but basically projectors are fairly new in the sense that they started popping up around 1781. So remember, manifestors were typically found in royalty. And projectors, which are seen as the new leadership that the collective needs, popped up in 1781. So I say all of that to say projectors like should lean into their leadership capabilities, like because you're you can touch each of the energy types and their authorities, like something about you can resonate with anyone. And there is a lot of potential for you to like really step in to be a leader. However, you have to wait for your invitation and wait to be recognized, which I think if you feel that impetus to be a leader, which I see that in Victoria's chart, it can be hard to sit and wait. Like, I'm ready to get in there. I'm ready to do what needs to be done. I'm ready to get ahead in life. And you still have to wait. Mm -hmm. It's like a, I used to, back in the day, when I say back in the day, like middle school, I was in plays. (laughs) So, you know, you'd be off the side of the stage or to wait for your cue mm. to come on stage mm-hmm. and be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So projectors, y'all got to wait. So my, I think my advice here would be to, instead of being like, I want to get ahead in life, I'm ready to move forward, but oh, I got to wait. I would suggest that you reframe it as people are still looking for you. Like mm-hmm. they're looking for you to show up. And so you also want to be resonating with what you're trying to have come to you. So you you start drawing in those right invitations. Like It's like the energetic of dressing for the job that you want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was just meditating on like the things that you want to come to you. How does that make you feel? And so hopefully you're attracting those frequencies so you can start getting the right invitations. Yeah, I've heard other projectors talk about, like say they want to become an expert like speaker on something, right? Mm. And so the advice was to like go into some of the clubhouse rooms. Don't like raise your hand to speak. Like wait, wait until you're like invited up on stage, but like be there, be like, you know, someone who's who's present. Make yourself available to be invited. Mm. So. Mm. so Victoria gets an invitation. She needs to run it through her authority. How does she make a decision? She's an emotional authority. So Remember, you can feel like these really high highs, these really low lows, but you need to find that that place of neutrality before you really make a decision and move forward with something. So I think it's, I want to say like be thoughtful when accepting invitations, but that kind of sounds like you need to think about it mentally. But just I'm saying be thoughtful about your emotions and where you're falling on that spectrum before really moving forward. Touching on some of her defined centers, she has that defined heart so she can move mountains. She has the willpower to really see it through. She has a defined solar plexus, a defined root, and a defined spleen. And so those three together make her a really passionate person who can stand her ground. So like she will fight the fight and go toe to toe. Now, some people might say she's stubborn. We, I, love, I love a reframe. Let's reframe. She stands her ground. But she can get very passionate, and so she has to pick her battles and choose wisely before she really puts that energy into it. She also doesn't have a defined sacral center, so she also has to watch that energy. But we'll circle back to that. Because she's passionate, that can come with really high highs, really low lows. So she has to honor her emotions. I think it's, um, you're trying to reach that point of objectivity. So. If you get really low and you're feeling really down, it's like, you know, this is temporary. This is part of the wave. At some point, I'm going to be really, really high, high, high. And that'll be a time where I'm super creative. And so this is just a part of that ride. And that's how I go through life. And so honoring that and like appreciating that about yourself, I think will help navigate those ups and downs a little bit easier. For Victoria in particular, I talked about you know, people are waiting for the projector to show up. Like they, they're they looking for you. And so when they invite you, they want you to show up. For her in particular, she has a defined throat. So they're also looking for her to speak up. So use your voice. Make sure you're expressing yourself um, in an authentic way. I think that's a good lesson for all defined throats. Like 
Use your use your voice for good. Um, being authentic, speaking up, not clamming up, maybe even look for opportunities or we'll wait for the invitation and don't turn down the invitation to speak because this is energetically what you're supposed to be doing. So lastly, there are three undefined centers on Victoria's chart, the crown, the mind, and the sacral. Remember, undefined is where we can feel conditioning. So for the crown, Hone in on how you are best inspired and how it comes to you. You want to watch out for others telling you what to be inspired by. Like, oh, you know, you should write a paper on X. And you're like, oh, okay, I should write a paper on X. But like, you don't want to write a paper on X. You know, like how that how that comes to you and really get a like get a really good understanding on how you're best inspired. Yeah, I think going back to our episode 31, where we, oh, 32, sorry, episode 32, where Mm -hmm. we talked about the different energy centers and how we're subject to conditioning on our open centers. Mm -hmm. And so to Jen's point, just be careful about where your inspiration is coming from and being able to identify that source Mm -hmm. Uh, and being, I I have open crown. So I, I can oftentimes be subject to some of that that same conditioning as well. And so just having to take a moment to recenter myself and understand what's mine Mm. in terms of inspiration. Mm -hmm. For the mind, don't force yourself to get bogged down in the details. Like you're meant to see the bigger picture. And there's a beauty in that. I think sometimes we get so focused on Where's your attention to detail? You have to be detail oriented, but there is a real beauty in being able to like see the forest for the trees and like back out, zoom out and say like, hey, guys, like this is not the direction that we're supposed to be going because this is not for the overall strategy or project. So that's that's a real beauty of how your mind works. And for the sacral. You have to know when enough is enough. You do not have a sacral energy. You don't have an energy center like really pushing you in your sacral. So you have to give yourself boundaries on your personal energy because you will burn out. Take naps. Projectors need a lot of naps. So (laughs) take naps, rest, honor honor your energy, and honor your time to really get rest so you can be restorative and ready to jump in when you are invited. Yeah. Um, I think try not to compare yourself to sacral beings if you do not have a sacral center. It's very easy to do that just mm-hmm. because there are so many sacral beings out there. 70% of the population is sacral. So if you do not have that sacral center defined, don't try to compare yourself to them. I think Jen, early on in our marriage, would look at me and be like, how is he doing all of this stuff? Why can't I do it? (sighs) Don't try to be me, you know? Lord have mercy. (laughs) We should make a TikTok off of that. (laughs) With that Nicki Minaj sound, because that's how you be running around. And I'm just like, (laughs) This is the second time you compare me to this Nicki Minaj song. Oh, I did this last week? Yes. Oh. (laughs) Well... (laughs) If it applies. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, oh, or when you would try and, like, come up with, like, stuff for me to do. Like, oh, today we're going to do this, 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 this. I'd be like, uh, where's nap time? <laughs> I need nap time. So, Victoria, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope everyone else enjoyed seeing, like, how that all starts coming together and, like, really making a full picture a small part of like how complex we are, but like you really start to flesh out like what your human design really looks like. Yeah. You can get like a full reading from someone that lasts an hour, right? They'll go through each and every piece of your chart and kind of break down different things about it and how you can apply it to your life. Also just wanted to shout out Victoria for living her human design because we sent out the invitation, right? We did. And she responded. She did. And we Got our little mini reading in. Clap, clap, bravo. All right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed that. As always, if you have a question or if you want to talk to Jen more about human design, <laughs> you can email us at chakrasandshotguns at gmo.com. 
You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. If you'd like to join our Chakras and Shotguns community, you can support us on Patreon. And finally, if you're loving the show, please subscribe and give us five stars wherever you listen. Namaste. Namaste.